tuning in to the Revival Tabernacle Podcast. Wherever you may be listening from, we hope that this message encourages you in the unwavering, unconditional love of Jesus Christ. Join us as we reach sinners, raise believers, and release leaders. Please enjoy the message from the RT Pulpit. Listen, today we're going to have a talk, but it's going to get real. Somebody tell your neighbor it's getting ready to get real in here. Come on, that was weak. Come on, somebody tell your neighbor, listen, it's getting ready to get real in here. Amen. So listen, we are in our series, The Red Table Talk with God. And this was one of the most um, wonderful series to be able to prepare for, but also one of the hardest because how many people know when you share your personal story, sometimes it can be more difficult than what you think. And when you see people come up on this stage, you have to understand that there's much prayer and much preparation that comes with that. So is it okay if I just ask your permission for something, if y'all just sit at the table with me today? Is that all right? Can you go ahead and say amen? amen. Come on, can you say a little bit louder? Say amen again. All right, good, good. So today's talk is real. I'm going to ask you to lean in and let's talk. Because oftentimes we are going so busy in our lives that we forget the importance of being able to talk and to discuss the real issues that we are going and facing in our life. How many people know that you will face issues in your life? Come on, wave your hand if you ever had to face a problem in this place. I want you to look around. There's people all around you that have had to face issues today. And so Pastor Devin has helped me so much in this series because he set us up to be able to understand that depression is not our portion. And he was talking about so many wonderful things. But today I'm going to be talking about loss. So I want you to look at your neighbor real good. I want you to look at your neighbor, or if they're not around you, go ahead and look at somebody else. I want you to say, neighbor. Come on, I want you to say a little bit louder. Say, neighbor. Loss doesn't make you a loser. Come on. I want you to look at another neighbor, because we're going to talk and be real. When we sit at the table, any of, anybody know me, y'all know my material. I'm serious about my coffee table. I'm serious about my coffee table because I love coffee. Hallelujah. Usually, and now it's my favorite time of the year, which is also the, the color of this slide, which the holiday cups have come. And when I sit down with a little cup of Starbucks, the warmth of Jesus in a cup, I begin to get serious about what's going to happen because I enjoy coffee. If I have any coffee drinker, just wave your hand. You understand what I'm talking about, especially in the wintertime. That's when the Lord ministers to us most. So we're going to lean in today and we're going to talk real because loss has happened to every single person in this room. You know, when we sometimes are in church, this is why I love this series, because a lot of times we don't just sit down and talk to each other. And though you might not physically be up here with me at this table, I'm trying to talk to somebody to let you know that God hasn't forgotten about you. And so we're going to lean in and talk because we have three objectives. I want, you to, I want everybody to just hold up the number three. Hold it up. Hold it up so I know that you're not asleep. Praise the Lord. Okay. Three, number one, we're going to talk about loss in our everyday world. 
People are experiencing loss at a rapid rate. And how many people know the world needs the solution? And the solution is Jesus. Oh, I wish I had somebody today. I said the solution is Jesus. We're going to talk about loss through real life scripture review. There were people in scripture that experienced loss at a huge level, and we're going to learn from them today. And lastly, we're going to talk about loss does not make you a loser. So I got a lot to cover in a little bit of time, but if you hold on and go ahead and holler back at me, I'll know that you're with me, and I'll sit down and tell the Lord thank you. So grief is a natural response to any major loss and can be triggered by a variety of scenarios. Possible loss can cause grief. It could be death of a loved one. It could be divorce or ending of relationship. It could be an onset of a chronic or terminal disease. It could be job loss. It could be disability from an illness or a severe accident. It, sh it could be loss of independence. It could be surviving an act of violence or a natural disaster or having a miscarriage or a stillbirth. Grief may also be caused by losses that are associated with positive life changes or transitions, such as marriage, the loss of independent decision-making, beginning college, the loss of familiar surroundings, a birth of a child, the loss of independence, and all the parents said amen. <laughs> Retirement, the loss of work-related identity or source of reliable income. Aging, the loss of physical strength. And this is what I'm so excited about. Wherever you can find yourself in today, you have experienced loss at some rate. It might have been personal, it might have been at your job, you could have lost your job, you could have been lost, um, grieving from a loss of what could have been or what should have been, a lost opportunity. Does anybody hear me today? Hallelujah. You can experience loss in so many ways. And I don't know about you, but when grief comes, I love what C.S. Lewis says. He, he says this, and I didn't put this in the slides, but I want to quote it for you. He says, grief can feel a lot like fear. And I don't know about you, but when you are overcome with grief, there are things that you are absolutely fearful of in your life. How am I going to make it? How am I going to continue? How am I going to be able to function? What about this, this um, person that played a big part of my life and they're gone? What about this job that provided an income and a source? What about my children who are now lost and gone out the family? What do I do now that I'm a widow? What do I do that now I'm a single mom? What do I do now that I don't know if I'm going to be able to eat tomorrow? I'm grieving the, 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 the comfort of having food on my table every single day. What am I going to do? And we find ourselves at the red table of life talking with God, asking him, what are we going to do? Because I don't know about you, but I've experienced loss in so many different ways. But today I can declare that loss does not mean I'm a loser. C.S. Lewis says it this way, we were promised suffering. Everybody say, we were promised that. 
Let me help you with something today. See, this is a gospel message that's going to help a whole bunch of people. Did you know that when you decided to accept the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that did not mean that you were not going to experience suffering? It's actually quite the opposite. He said that we would experience tribulation. He said that we would experience suffering. And so it's not if it happens, it's when it happens. We all are going to have to suffer in some way. And how many people know today that suffering doesn't always feel good? But I love what C.S. Lewis says. He says we were promised suffering. They were part of the program. We were even told, blessed are they that mourn. And I accept it. But I've got nothing that I hadn't bargained for. Of course, it is different when the things happens to oneself, not to others. And in reality, not imagination. How many people know grief is different when you see somebody else going through it? Loss can be different when you see somebody else going through it. But how many people know, how many people can lean in and sit at the table with me today and say, when you lost for yourself, when you lost and it's your loss, it's personal. Somebody say it's personal. It hits you in a whole different way. When, listen, when, when I experienced loss in my life, I never knew what it was like to be without a job. I never knew what it was like to be without food. And it wasn't until I lost the ability to be able to do some things that I really understood the faithfulness of God. <clears throat> and today we're sitting at the table trying to help each other to understand that you are going to experience some pretty hard blows in your life. But how many people are grateful that Jesus has overcome the world? You know what, can I, can, I, can I lean in even further? Do you know God himself knows what it's like to lose his only son? Oh, I'm saying something today. God sent his son to die for us. And how many people know that was something so special to us? And a lot of times your loss will cause you to see the greater good in the end. So friends, at the table, I want you to know that loss will happen. But what happens doesn't have to destroy you. Loss can define you for greater. Somebody ought to shout greater today. Come on, somebody shout it like you really mean it. Somebody shout greater. Listen, I'm going to call on a couple of friends that you can't see, but they're found in your word. And I'm going to call on them to come sit at this table with me. And we're going to tell their story today. Because how many people know that some of you need to be encouraged by knowing that somebody has been where you've been? Listen, today we want to make the devil a liar. Because the devil of your soul, the enemy of your soul, wants you to feel like today that you are forgotten and lonely. But how many people know the devil is a liar today? We're going to sit at this red table right now and get free. Does anybody believe that this morning? Hallelujah. So I want to talk about my friend who is coming to this table. And our first guest is Job. Job is one of my favorite characters in the Bible because he shows us the embodiment of faithfulness to a loving God. 
And listen, today's message is going to take a little bit of maturity to be able to sit here and realize that God is faithful in his yeses and he's faithful in his noes. That even when the answer is no, we still have to bless the Lord. So I want to take you to this passage in scripture and I want to help somebody today. We're going to Job and I want you to go to um, chapter one and I want to go ahead and call this to your attention. And the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? That there is none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man who fears God and turns away from evil. And then Satan answered the Lord and said, does Job fear God for no reason? Have you not put a hedge around him and his house and all that he has on every side? I want y'all to look at Satan as he's speaking to the Lord. It's so powerful that Job is sitting there doing what he is supposed to do, and yet Satan is coming trying to question his faithfulness to God. Has anybody sat at the table and felt like God never saw your faithfulness? Has anybody ever sat at the table and realized and thought to yourself, God has absolutely forgotten about me? And when we look at the narrative, we can see that God is getting ready to show himself so mighty in Job's life in a way of loss. And it's not the road that everybody would think they would be excited to go down. He says, you have blessed the work of his hands and his possessions have increased in the land, but you stretched out your hand and touched all that he has and he will curse you to your face. And the Lord said to Satan, behold, all that he has is in your hand. Only against him do not stretch out your hand. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. Now there was a day when his sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house and came a messenger to Job and said, the oxen were plowing and the donkeys feeding beside and the Simeons fell upon them and took them and struck them and the servants with the edge of the sword alone and I have escaped to tell you. And while he was yet speaking, there came another and said, there, the fire of God fell from heaven and burned up the sheep and the servants and consumed them. And alone have I escaped to tell you. And while yet he was speaking, there came another, somebody say another and said the Chaldeans formed three groups and made a raid on the camels and took them and struck them down the servants with the edge of the sword and alone I have escaped to tell you and while he was yet speaking there came another and said your sons and your daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house and behold somebody say a great wind come on somebody say a great wind came across the wilderness and struck the four corners of the house and it fell upon the young people and they are dead. And I alone have escaped to tell you. How many people know that's an overwhelming day? That's an overwhelming day. When we look at Brother Job sitting at the table today, some of us who are complaining can realize that we didn't have such a bad day. News after news, loss after loss. And this is what I want to go ahead and take us to in our table. 
It says, then Job arose and tore his robe and shaved his head and fell on the ground and worshiped. Somebody say worship. Well, wait a minute, Lisa. Hold on. Back up. You just said it, that he lost everything. You, you just said that all of his wealth is gone. You just said it's all his children are gone. Let me read it again. Then Job arose and tore his robe and shaved his head and fell on the ground and worshiped. And he said, naked I came from my mother's womb and naked shall I return. The Lord gave <laughs> and the Lord taketh away. And I want y'all to say this with me. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And in all this, Job did not sin or charge God with wrong. Today's lesson at the table in our conversation with God is Job is showing us what faith really looks like. Job is showing us how to suffer well. He began to say the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. But how many people know it's important to be able to say, blessed be the name of the Lord? Because when you face loss in your life, it is important for you to understand it might not always feel good, it might not always look good, but it's important that you continue to hold on to your worship. Listen, when the enemy is coming in like a flood, you need to let the lessons talk with Job. Listen, let's talk with Job right now and learn from some of these lessons. Lesson number one, if you got a pen and paper, I want you to write this down. Lesson number one from Job, knowing God is better than knowing the answers. I'm going to say that again. Knowing God is better than knowing the answers. Some of you who have experienced loss, all of us in this place, listen, no one could actually explain why the Lord chose to allow this to happen. But Job didn't need an answer. He began to worship God just because he's God alone. Can't we learn from Job today, our guest, that we need to know God, knowing God is better than knowing all the answers. Do you know, friends, today, you might not ever know why. You might not ever know why it didn't work out. But how many people know you can always trust Jesus? I said you can always trust Jesus. Lesson from Job, we also need to trust God when we don't understand him. This is oftentimes in my prayer. When I didn't understand what was going on in my life, I had to learn to trust him even when I didn't understand him. Because I did understand one point and one point only, that he loved me. And because he loved me, he was never going to forsake me. Thirdly, God cares for you and nothing is ever wasted. Can we be honest at the table today? Has anybody learned from your loss? If you have, can you just wave your hand? If you've learned from your loss, I want you to wave your hand so others can see. Because your loss had purpose. Listen, today I want you to write this down. Pain is not always punishment. When I broke my arm, they had to reset my arm. And how many people know, has anybody ever had something reset in a bone before? It's very painful when they reset your arm. But if they don't set it with the amount of pain that they need to, 
your arm will not be able to function the way it should be. Now, how many people know your pain has purpose? Jesus is not allowing you to go through it to harm you. He is allowing you to go through it to be able to let you know his love was always there. What do you mean his love was there when I lost my job? What do you mean his love was there when I lost my child? Listen, the love of the Father is always there, and he never wastes anything. I'm going to call on a couple more friends to the table. Mary, the mother of Jesus, understood loss. She had to watch while people spit on her son, said all manner of things about him beat him until he was absolutely unrecognizable. And the loss and the grief of that had to be absolutely overwhelming. Let's go to another guest today, the woman with the issue of blood. Sister, 4,380 days of bleeding out and suffering. She lost her dignity, her character, and her family circle until she met a man named Jesus. Let's look at another loss. The 12 disciples, they lost the loss of, they actually experienced the loss of normality. Do you realize they probably did not understand who was really telling them to come and follow them? They probably had no idea that they were getting ready to be chosen to change the world. Also, they had to experience loss when Jesus went away and ascended. And he promised to send them a comforter. Could you imagine how that feels? The one that you watch open up blinded eyes and be able to see the lame to walk and the deaf to hear, to be able to ascend and leave you and tell you, I'm going to send somebody for you. They experienced loss. Hannah experienced loss of a hope for a child. And she was absolutely disturbed by the fact that she could not bear children. Hannah experienced loss and she prayed and God began to show himself mighty in her life. Ruth and Naomi, they can also sit at this table. They had a loss of loved one and covering and being able to know whether they were going to make it because in that time women didn't have the same rights. So it was literally the loss of their livelihood. I'm going to call on a couple more of my friends. Joseph. He experienced loss of his family and his father all the years that he lost because his brothers threw him in a pit. He lost being able to see his father. He lost being able to see his little brother grow up. How many people know it gets real today? I'm going to call on somebody else. Noah, he literally lost the world that he knew. When God spoke to him and told him to build the ark and that it was going to rain, nobody had ever experienced that. Could you imagine what they felt like in that ark? People reaching out for that ark, asking him to open it, and God himself shuts it down. And now I'm going to tell you about someone who's actually sitting at the table, and that's why I'm sitting today. Elijah and Lisa have experienced loss, the loss of our son, Elijah Anthony. Let me tell you some key points about our story. We wanted kids and we waited for them and we couldn't get pregnant. 
Pregnancy was absolutely beautiful for me because we finally did get pregnant. And how many people know, listen, cravings are real. And so I was Pizza Hut happy with my great husband. Every single time I asked for Pizza Hut, he was right there for me. And I was so excited to be pregnant, never had a day of a morning sickness, never had a day where I was experiencing um, um, a, a lot of issues. It was absolutely great. And then one Saturday morning, I began to feel uncomfortable. And one Saturday morning, I began to look at Eli and something is drastically going wrong. And then I hear a doctor tell me something that absolutely made me buckle at my knees. The promise that I was holding, I was getting ready to lose. And so there was nothing we could do. There was no rewind button that was available for me. And as parents, we had to make a choice of how we were gonna handle loss in our real life. And so quite naturally, most people would say, it's fine for you to curse God. It's fine for you to give up now because you waited. And I want to have a conversation with you because you're going to have to sit at the red table of life and you're going to have to be able to deal with some hard situations. But I want to encourage you by the way of the Holy Spirit to make the choice to worship. Worship him through your tears. Worship him when you don't understand it. Worship him just because of who he is. And I promise you, he will bring you out. Elijah and I had to lay hands on my stomach because we had our last moments with our son. I had to go into the delivery room and go through 10 and a half hours of labor on a son that would not be breathing when I was finished. And before he perished, Eli began to speak and tell him how proud we were to be his parents. We began to put on the song that he loves us because we wanted our son to know before his last breath that Jesus loved him even through the loss. We begin to let him know that Jesus absolutely took care of him every step of the way and that he wouldn't stop now. See, I had a choice. We had a choice as a parent to be able to say, listen, it's okay to be able to curse God. But Elijah and I decided that we were not going to let our pain be our purpose but that we were going to use our pain for purpose today. I want to encourage you today. Listen, while everybody else left with a baby, Elijah and I left with a death certificate and a box holding this blanket. I'm not telling you what I think at this table. I'm telling you what I know. Jesus will help you with your loss. Loss does not make you a loser today. Some of you have lost so much that you literally are on the brink and do not know what you are going to do if you just lose one more thing. As the holidays are coming up, seasonal depression is a real thing. And I came to talk to you at this table to let you know when you hold on to Jesus, he's never failing. When you hold on to Jesus, he'll give you purpose in your pain. When you hold on to Jesus, he'll make it all worth it today. 
I came to help somebody to let you know that the process and the pain was for purpose. How many people have gone through things in life and you're stronger now? Wave your hand if that's you. See, the enemy of your soul wants you to think that it's, it's for nothing, that your tears were wasted. But losing our son actually strengthened my relationship with Jesus. I began to look at with people with an eye of compassion that I never did before. I began to be grateful. You know, some parents, they would tell me, oh, I'm so sorry for my kid making noise. And you know what I would tell them? I can't wait to be able to say that one day. And I began to watch hope arise because just because it's not yet, how many people know, I do believe I'm going to see a victory. Does anybody believe it with me today? Listen, let me, let me help you with something because I got to stand up to help somebody. Do you know that God has not forgotten about you? Oh, come on, I need to have some. I said, do you know that God has not forgotten about you? Listen, truth be told, and I want you to start waving your hands at me if you know that this is true because we're getting ready to get up out of here today. I want you to wave your hands. If it was up to the enemy of your soul now, you wouldn't have made it this far. Come on, come on, keep waving your hand because you're my special guest right here on the show. I want to help somebody. If it was up to the enemy of your soul, you would have already died and you wouldn't have had another chance. If it was up to the enemy of your soul, the depression would have took you over. The heartache would have broke you down. The depression would have moved you. The oppression would have killed you. The things that the enemy has spoken to you would have absolutely destroyed you. But how many people know that you're more than a conqueror today? One thing I love about this table, and I need somebody to get excited with me. One thing I love about this table is that this conversation is a red table talk. I wish somebody would hear me today. Because the blood begins to cover every one of my insecurities. So the reason why I sat down at this table is because I can tell Jesus all of my hurt and all of my pain and all of my struggles and it's still covered underneath the blood. So you have hope today. I'm not coming up here and telling you that the tears still don't flow off my face. I'm not coming up here to tell you that I don't still experience loss and the grief of it every once in a while. But how many people know I have hope today? There is hope in Jesus. I need to say that again. There is hope in Jesus. And listen, as I close, hallelujah. Come on, somebody just give God praise right there. Come on, somebody give him praise right there. Elijah and I were chosen to be a witness. A witness of what? A witness of his power. A witness of his healing. Do you know why I jumped like I have lost my mind up there? It's because, listen, I was grieving the loss of my breath. Those of you who know me personally, you know I struggle with asthma. And the doctors have literally told me there is no way that you can do what you do for 45 minutes. But how many people know you got to press past what everybody else is saying? You got to press past what everything else is coming in your mind and the enemy of your soul is speaking death over you. You got to push past and say, you know what? I will bless the Lord at all times. And his praises shall continually be in my mouth. 
guess what? I might not have breath in my body the way I always want to. I might have to use an inhaler sometimes. But how many people know I'll be able to say the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. And blessed be the name of the Lord. We were chosen to be a witness. Do you know that somebody could be looking at the way that you are handling the losses of your life to know what Jesus really looks like? That's powerful. What do you mean? He will use your broken pieces. He will use your ashes and turn them into beautiful things. Because you can be able to say without a shadow of a doubt, I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was what? Blind. But now I can see. We have to learn to have joy when the answer is no. I'm going to say that again. Friends, there are going to be disappointments in your life. And how many people can be honest at the red table today? These are not always things that Satan did. These are things that we did. Consequences that we have to live with. But friends, there's hope. I want to take you to Romans chapter 8, verse 31. He says, what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for all of us, he will, he not also will him graciously give us all things. Who should bring any charge against God's elect? It's God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised. Who is at the right hand of God. Who is inter indeed is interceding for us. And as it is written, for thy sake, you are being killed all the day long. And we are regarded as a sheep to be slaughtered. But no, in all these things, somebody say all these things. Come on, somebody go ahead and shout it. Come on, say, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Listen, stand to your feet. I'm done. Somebody needs to know that Jesus' love today doesn't replace the loved one that you are missing the loss that you might have, but it is greater. Jesus' love is greater, that it covers even the flaws and the consequences that you brought on yourself. How many people know that the love of Jesus is powerful today? And listen, I came to pray with some people strategically because there are people who are getting ready to go into this holiday season. And listen, I know I'm not the only one that things will trigger you and I, wanna, I just want to remind you today, everybody lift up your hands as high as you can. We lift them in the sanctuary, not because of ourselves, but we lift them in as a sign of surrender. Will you surrender your loss to Jesus today? Will you release your hurt, your pain? Listen, I'm not trying to embarrass any person in this place. But if you have experienced loss and you want me to pray with you, listen, you experience grief of a loss of a loved one, grief of a loss of a job, I want you to come down to this altar quickly. If you experience loss and you say, Lisa, it has been difficult for me, I want to pray with you today.
You can come right down to this altar. Do not be ashamed. Listen, I'm on this altar with you. Don't you think for a minute that when I walk through Myers and see the baby toys and the baby aisles that it doesn't bother me? Don't you think for one moment that when I, when I go down and I see sometimes the car seats or I see young men clothes and realize that our son would have been nine, that it doesn't bother me? But I'm going to Jesus, hands lifted, heart raised, available. Come on, there's still time. Yeah, and it's okay to shed some tears. Jesus wept himself. Listen, if you've experienced loss, I'm going to open it up one more time for you. You can come to this altar. And Jesus wants to heal and touch you in such a powerful way. Now, secondly, I'm going to go ahead and just offer Christ to you. Listen, it is so easy to be able to accept the Lord Jesus Christ in your heart. First, you have to confess and believe. And once you confess and believe, Jesus will come in your heart. And you will have the love that we were talking about. You will be able to experience, hallelujah, the covering of the blood we were talking about. And listen, I'm trying to tell you, there is no greater love than the love of Jesus. And so my brother and my sister, I offer Christ to you today. I want everybody's head bowed and their eyes closed. Listen, if you are in this place and you say, Lisa, I don't know Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior, I want you to raise up your hand. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Lisa, I've been struggling. I don't know him like I should. Come on, don't be ashamed. Raise that hand. I see you, my brother. Yes, Lord. Amen. Well, listen, those of you who are in the audience and you have lost and you've experienced it and you see the joy of the Lord, I want you to come down here and help me pray with these people who have lost so that we can touch and agree. I know our past, some of our pastors are here. I'm going to ask them to come down to help me pray. I'm going to ask some people of the worship team to come on and help me pray because we need to go ahead and pray with each and every one of these brothers and sisters today that were brave enough to come. And those of you who are not, if you're still sitting in that aisle, it's okay. God sees you right where you are. And he's going to go ahead and send help. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm going to open it one more time just to let anybody who wants to come still come. Thanks for tuning in to the Revival Tabernacle Podcast. Wherever you may be listening from, we hope that this message encourages you in the unwavering, unconditional love of Jesus Christ. Join us as we reach sinners, raise believers, and release leaders.